man, this comic book sucks. And the reviews online said it was good. I wasted my money. Why didn't somebody tell me? Three, two. Hey, everybody. This is Spinnerack, and we have one more comic review. The New Gods special number one. This first special is um, with Orion, and it's written by Shane Davis. It's a two-part story plus some extras uh, from Kirby added in there. This is a part of DC's um, 100th anniversary of Kirby's work. And, of course, the other way to do it is with Orion of, the, of New Genesis. And this is our story. It opens up with. Before we go there, obviously I'm Petey, and we also have Calvin Ellis, ready to rock so late in the night. So, when we last left our hero, Orion. <laughs> well, in this story, it starts off with um, it starts off we meet Orion and this, and it's, you know, he sounds looks like Orion, but there's a whole subplot of the bug and this the the bugs are that are the colony underneath New Genesis are enslaved and by Calabac and they've been put to work and planned to turn New Genesis into like an apocalypse or something of that sort. But he would, you know, Calabac would probably rule. This one just starting from this grammar and the story, not where it leads to the end. But the the pro one of the things in the New Gods, especially when Kirby was getting towards the end, he introduced this bug colony and it sort of took away the grandeur of the new gods because it showed some of the demigod aspect of these characters, that these characters had these these failings, where at first, yes, Orion had this issue, you know, this issue of this dark side, which would come out from time to time, but then having a separate class has sort of tainted the new gods. So when you see... Mark Evaner, him do a story on them. He played that up when Jim Starlin did. But this one seems to sort of do a fine line that they have some issue with the bugs in this colony. and um, But at the same time, they're struggling with Calabac, who's, you know, doing the worst he can to them and enslaving them and causing them, you know, trying to bring forth the destruction of New Genesis. So then, of course, it leads to a big battle between... Calabac and Orion, which is not anything different than we've seen before. But, you know, it's always good to see brothers fight, you know. I got a brother, we fought many a time. So in this one, they go at it. They get or they get Calabac almost to a stop. But then, you know, like it's in the Kirby run, like, um, what's the name, who's it? Light Ray is supposed to know he's not supposed to interfere with you know, with more of the like a one on one battle. So it causes Orion to strike at, you know, break in Light Ray's hand, which I'm not sure he would do. He might yell at them because they're such close friends. But, you know, I'll take it's not they're not it's not a deal breaker. And then the story ends and then we lead to another one. So let's another story after that. So what are your thoughts on this this issue? You ever they used to do this for the cartoons, I don't know if they still do this. But they would be able to give you an overview of the entire cartoon in the opening. The opening mm -hmm. is like maybe, what, 30 seconds? And you'd get to see pretty much the traits of all the characters. 
he would be introduced to all the characters, any paraphernalia or means of conveyance that were going to be important, and they were able to do that in 30 seconds. That's what this, that's what this particular comic reminded me of. It is more like a primer for somebody who's never read New Gods or was introduced to any of these characters before. So you've got the salient traits of Orion, Light Ray, Calibac, even High Father, who you know was there for a hot second, Bug, and so on and so forth. If you know who these characters are, they're pretty much instead characters. There's not a lot of movement, not a lot of uh, plot development in terms of you know it's, it's a it's a boilerplate story at the end of the day. To be honest, it reminds me of some of the stuff that Neil Adams was doing in yeah the Return of the Superman or something of that nature or the, the coming of the Superman. It reminded me of slightly of that in some of the sequences, probably the art more than anything, since it, they really did their best to try to adhere to classic forms of how they were represented. But story-wise, this was like, okay, I'm, I'm writing this so you can enjoy the story, but so also if you, you can know who these characters are. We're pretty much treating the audience like they had never been introduced to them before, which, to be honest, I was fine with. I think more comics should be that inviting and open. This is supposed to be an anniversary for Jack Kirby. I don't know how many readers especially right now, are sanguine, if let alone cognizant, of Jack Kirby and his contributions to come. They might know the name and have nothing, have no idea in terms of the, the creations and the characters. So this would be, you know, for somebody to, as a, I can't even call it a jumping on point, but this would be a good comic to get somebody started reading with. So I didn't have an issue with that much in terms of the setup. Yeah, I mean, this one, it's a fine the story. The lead story feels like a lead story. And it's fine and how it plays out. And then adding something where they, we've had this battle come close to death maybe two or three times between Orion and and Calabac. And this one has a you know interesting change where the punishment for this plan without Darkseid is probably, you know, not working out is worse than, you know, <laughs> worse than anything being killed. So that's the interesting part of this story. So, and you know they they become friends and you know they make up in the end that Light Ray and um, Orion and it's, him in writing we would call something like that a tune up, where you know if you hadn't written something in a while or that was more like a that's the type of story they used to when the when comic books were more widespread for the new writers they would give them oh, why don't you write a story over here Marvel fanfare because you could just do something just to show you had the mechanics. And you build and build from there. That's what it came across. And I mean, it's no slight to the story. That a lot of times those stories were pretty. Those stories are pretty good. It was just to show that you had the chops to actually write. You understood the characters. You know, you knew how to craft dialogue that wasn't going to be excessive since it had to be able to fit in a you know in a tiny panel for the most part. So that's what it came across. It came across like to me. I mean, on a lot of levels, it was refreshing because I was able just to read it. And enjoy it without it going all over the place because it's trying to, you know, do, you know, on one hand, maybe trying to do fan service. Or on the other hand, there was all this extra backstory that I needed to know in order to be able to explain this. But to be quite frank, you, if you had never heard of Orion, New Gods, High Father, Dark Side, any of these guys, this was a good, this was a, this is an example of how you can actually tell the story introduce the characters without forcing people to have to read 10 issues that came before okay and stoke interest in seeing what comes what comes afterwards and um they have a a backup story well they have a few but walt simonson does the backup 
And Walt Simonson did a 25-issue run of Orion, which was a... It was supposed to be... It was supposed to be... John Byrne had a run, which was like... Well, his run was maybe like 28 issues. And then Orion was supposed to happen right after Byrne's run. But there was a gap in between... Walt Simonson's um, his the work he was doing in between there, so it took a while, so it lost maybe a little momentum, but the stories were very strong. Well, at least it wasn't as bad as that gap between Mister Miracle, <laughs> between that well, last issue of Mister Miracle, and then it was like it, it, it didn't end. It was just they said, "Oh no, it was on hold." It was on hold for like what five years? Yeah, it could have been worse. And we got twenty five issues, and this story is a throwback to one of the elements in there, which it was. The Unholy Sea, which is S-E-E, which is, uh, you know, there was many play play on words aspect to, you know, there's Glorious Godfrey, and there's a bunch of stuff that it was already in there. And whereas John Byrne sort of went to the past and added grandeur to the grand, you know, already grand series, Walt Simonson, you know, chose to explore apocalypse and new genesis and find other areas and this being the sea beneath the surface of apocalypse was already interested in orion series and it's fun going back to this and having a young orion going on this tale with um with seagrin they're going in and they have this thing and he's almost there's a little bit of a twist and why you know orion is left alone and these monsters, this crake, you know, I guess to throw to was like a kraken. It's like it's always interesting the stuff that um, that Walt Simonson used and trying to use from other other different past uh, folklore and whatnot and you know, that sort of thing, just dra- grabbing from stuff and adding to it and making making it more immense in his comic because anything Walt does is pretty huge. So it's just a, just a little brief story which is fun where you see him underwater and he has plans, but then Sigrin has his, has a better plan. And, you know, it, it show you know, it opens up Orion's eyes and I, you know, I just, it's fun seeing the, the double splash page and seeing Walt Simonson back on, back on Orion again. So this was all fun for me, this backup story. So what did you think? It reminded me of how much I enjoyed Walt Simonson's run with Orion simply because Walt Simonson understands mythology. Probably the biggest thing with mythology is mythology is not this unending story. It it ha- it's finite. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. All of the myth- all the mythological stories have that. Be it the Greeks, Egyptians, the Norse. There's this big battle that's supposed to happen, and that's supposed to decide the future of mankind at the end of the day. And he finally just had the fight that I was waiting to see, because all of the prophecy was that the son and the father were supposed to fight, and he finally did that dark side Orion fight that I had been waiting for. Simon said decided that he was going to fulfill those storylines. That I was like, okay, great. So I was having a lot of fun reading into that, and then reading, I mean, it's just, it's a small piece out of everything that happened while Simonson was there, but still, I've just found I had a lot of fun reading that because I was like, "Okay, great, we're coming into." If you were, to, if I were to take it in acts, this would actually be that third final act, at least with Simonson's Orion run. This would be that third and final act, and then anything else after here would have to be, you know, separate from the the fourth wor- the fourth world stories. So that's how I that's how I always took it. I think Morrison decided well picked it up. He was going to do the whole fifth world thing, but. My jury's still out on that. I'd have to read that again. You can't increase the power 
of Kirby or that sort of thing in the grandeur that he already did. But you can create and increase the vastness of it. Whereas the punch, they can't equal the power, but they can have someone punch from one, you know, to three buildings or, you know, some of the stuff, Thor fighting, you know, Sutor and stuff like that. So there's aspects that they did and they had on Kirby's work. Whereas, you know, Burn expanding on, you know, like that's possibly the only origin that no one has said, what the, <laughs> Burn, you can't do that. They're like, oh, we thought he was just redoing, retelling the Kirby story, you know. So, and then at the same time, that's the only point I'm bringing up is that way Simonson did it was adding grandeur to it, was saying, let's explore, because mostly you have Apocalypse, you have the fire pits, and you have Armageddon. And what Simonson is doing, just finding these other areas and these other dimensions on in the New Genesis and Apocalypse world. So that's the only thing that I just want to cut to that point. I guess to end this review, there's a little bit of Kirby stuff because he always did a little bit of short stories. We didn't see much of Lonar, but he's in the end of this. So we you gotta got to love that name, right? That is, that's <laughs> yeah. a Kirby name if there ever was one, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and then we have this I guess this throwback horse, the Thunderer, comes in and we have this aspect that Curry was hinting that there's this, you know, there's something, this this beast inside of Orion, which, you know, the horse is reacting to. But it also says that, you know, Orion can, you know, vanquish those memories, which is always, you know, I mean, he, that's the thing I think, Simonson got to remind, remembering that this is he's the key to the the what's the name to the new gods having Orion be the lead guy most of the time especially Starlin I always have to say he just made like <laughs> Orion really petty and really nasty and there were points in Kirby Singh but the majority of the run he's you know tortured but he has the human friends he cares for them he saved them. He's been gracious to them. He just has moments of a dark side, and I think Kirby was it. He said, "I'm not certain if you meant to, if you meant that, like you know, tongue in cheek, that he has this dark side. He's the son of dark side. He's you know, he's still this guy from. Yeah, Orion is in that. Orion is in that classical hero state where he's you know raised by the surrogate father." But he's, you know, he does. But he still belongs to this other world, and he's, you know, battle. You know, he has that internal, that continuous internal conflict of nature versus nurture. So, you know, that's when it's done, and it's done very well. It, it's great. Other than that, he's just an angry guy. <laughs> he's just an angry guy flying yeah. on that harness of his. Kirby, you know, highlighting it to the point that the horse can sense that rage, that you know, that conflict going on within him, and then to a certain extent, you know, with Orion's, you know, last shot. You know his uh, parting shot, if you will, is like, yeah, never, never a touch for Orion. Like everybody's afraid of me, you know, to a certain extent, because as much as he's a part of New Genesis, he doesn't really belong there. And his fate, you know, one of the reasons he's supposed to be able to, I guess, at least the way I've always looked at it, take out Darkseid, is because he he's going to be triumphant because he can have that mixture of everything that Darkseid could bring to the table, but also the things that he would learn on New Genesis, as opposed to just Kalibak, who's just going to try to out Darkseid Darkseid, which is a jerk. 
So you know those type of things right there. I mean, again, it goes to like it goes to the mythology that I think Kirby understood very well and was trying to tell of those type of characters. You know, those archetypes that we would find within mythology of those type of characters as well. And we get a good sampling of it right here. Better with the Kirby stuff, I think, than what Shane Davis did. But Shane Davis's work is again opening up you know, the world of, you know, the world of the new gods and the whole Firth world stories. Thanks, Thanks Benarak. You saved me money.